The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Amplified. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Hello, Ken Rashawn. Welcome to Amplified. We are doing another great show today. I'm so excited about this. Andrea, how are you doing? I am hunky-dory. Thank you. And how was your weekend? It was absolutely amazing. Um, in fact, uh, I was at uh, Burge Smith Lions Essence of Being event in Atlanta, and we actually are going to have Heshi Siegel with us in a few minutes to share her summary of the event because she's been to several different workshops, and it was intense, amazing, and unbelievably transformational. So uh, I'm excited to tell you all about it. Well, let's go ahead and do that. Okay. Um, so, well, Heshi, can you hear us okay? Uh, Heshi Siegel's our guest, and she's this amazing child advocate. She really believes in the mission that all children deserve to have a life of happiness and to be taken care of and deserve the basic needs like water and, you know, food and shelter. And she's uh, just amazing and reaches out all over the world to make sure that children are taken care of through kidsbetterworld.com. Uh, Heshi, can you uh, uh, share with us uh, a little bit about that and your experience this weekend? This weekend was, if I could say that it was even better than the previous one, it's kind of hard to believe, but I went to Burge's Essence of Being last year as a participant and had a a really major breakthrough, was able to see much more clearly where I was going and probably at that point, more importantly, where I was coming from and was able to get through some barriers that had been holding me back and just couldn't wait to come back, so I volunteered to be part of her staff this time and you know, help out, be a support system, and, and help others have the same kind of benefits that I had by just being there and supporting them and just being with them, being around them, giving them that air of support, and it was a major, um, it just was a major breakthrough again, even listening to other people's experience, because we don't always have to learn through what we go through personally, we can live vicariously through someone else. And that's actually what happened this particular weekend. It was, it was really awesome as putting it mildly. Well, Heshi, I run into you in all kinds of events, and you're always looking to do personal development and expand your horizons, traveling the world. Uh, what caused all this? As far as essence of being in Burge? Well, yes, and also just your quest to actually uh, interact with really top 1% people, and and you continue to go to really great events. Well, I think growing up, I didn't have any kind of mentorships. I didn't have 
any events that I could attend. I, had, I just had none of that. And as I started traveling and, I could say, growing up, I began to realize that the people that I hung around were going to have a tremendous influence on me, and then I could take what I learned from them and pass it on to the next person. So I believe strongly in giving credit to those that, you know, that I've had my own lessons with and then passing it on. And to me, it's, it's pretty important to be able to give credit to the, to the people I've learned from so that it sets a model for other people because we don't usually just make discoveries on our own. But when you're with a person, I'll say, like with Burge, it's just you, you bring your life into being, you become more grounded. And so I seek to work with people who probably seek to um, express themselves better, to really become that top-notch person and then travel with people who are in the same realm to bring up those from, you know, to give a hand down and then push a hand up. It's just a matter of, of being on your game to probably influence the most number of people in the best possible way. Well, I, you know Paula Fellingham, right? Mm-hmm. Because we met her at CEO Space, I guess, some two years ago, and it was really at just one forum. And in just mm-hmm. being in touch with her, I was invited to go to an event last year, and that was an event that Andrea went with me, and that was the Congress of Spirituality, International Congress of Spirituality, and that's where we met Birch. And so it's kind of neat to see the, the full circle, and it's, it's not really a six degrees of separation. It's uh, when you're dealing, with, I think, at this level, it's almost one degree of separation because everyone seems to know each other or for each other with lots of mutual connections, friends, and so I applaud you on, uh, you know, how you stay really active and going to the right events. You've been to Digital Footprint, uh, CEO Space, Secret mm-hmm. Talk, et cetera. And so it, it's, it's cool that we know each other so well because we keep having these frequency experiences with the, the same like-minded, like-hearted people. I think when you keep showing up at events where you have mutual friends are and then you start bringing in more, it. It's all about collaborating and expanding your community. So the more we go and the more we say, I know so-and-so, and then by knowing that person, they go on and meet even more people. It just becomes a wider circle that becomes inclusive in a very different way. There's nobody left outside. All of us on that level want to bring others in so that everybody gets to meet everyone they possibly can. So it becomes a, a circular connection. I totally agree, and uh, the the issue sometimes is, is that you do these big events and you make these connections, but there's not always the follow up or uh, that you you're overwhelmed almost with how sensational it is, and you have to kind of get back to reality and, and just balancing out, making sure you stay connected in conversation and continue to um, communicate with the same people. I I think that we, like I said, had run into each other probably a half dozen times, maybe even a dozen times at events. Yeah. I, I understand from Andrea, you have a big event going to Kilimanjaro again, and we've been in a conversation several times. It just shows how many times you have to really stay consistent with your message in order for something to not only come to fruition, but to have partners and strategic partners and abundance occur uh, because of that collaboration. Absolutely. And, you know, Werner and I are doing a trip to Africa in this, in the summer. And each event that we go to, we find new people who want to join us 
because they want to be in that that realm. I mean, anybody who gets to climb a mountain with Werner has, you know, they're really on the road to not only adventure, but really a life-changing experience. So every place we go, we include new people, and then we tell them about other events that are possible. But the Africa trip is going to be a really big one. I didn't know if you wanted me to go there or not, but, you know. I, I did. I always want I not only want oh, you to go there, I would like you to share uh, that Werner is one of the youngest men to have actually climbed all the summits, <laughs> if I recall. Yeah, Werner is going to be 80 years old on, 80 years young on his birthday this July 16th. And when he's at the top, it will be kicking off the seven summits. He's already a Guinness Book of Record holder because he's done, you know, he's climbed the highest peak on all seven continents, including Everest. And even though he doesn't usually put Carson's in, to me that's a big one because it's the climber seven. So now at 80 years old, he's going to show that the, the game's not over. It's just beginning. And he's going to do the seven summits again. So we want people to, to, to share the joy and, and to maybe age backwards. And you said he's climbed all the summits and all the continents? Oh, yeah. Just look up Werner Berger in the uh, Guinness Book of Records or look I, him up under the oldest person in the world to have done the seven summits, uh, you know, all of that. And by the time he finishes Everest again, he'll be not only the oldest in the world to do the seven summits, he'll also be the oldest to do uh, Everest, and right now I think he's third or fourth to do Everest, and, you know, he just can't sit still for, you know, not being the oldest. Well, yeah, that's totally cool. The reason I was asking about the seven continents is I, I was wondering what summit is in Antarctica. In Antarctica? Yes. Which mountain is in Antarctica? Is Well, I heard you Tintin. say seven continents. I guess that's why I was asking. Yeah, she's asking uh, him. He's sitting beside her. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, he's sitting beside me, and I usually know, but when you ask me right off the top of my head, I can't, you know, like I know Elbrus is in Russia, and, you know, I know most of them, but that one caught because one of those mountains, he was away on New Year's Eve, and we just talked about it, and I couldn't talk to him, so I was so upset, so he's going to have to get some sort of way to reach me on the top of each mountain this time, because I, you know, when I, when we go, he climbs a mountain, and I take care of children and, you know, the underserved and orphans in the area, so I won't be climbing with him. I've, you know, I've climbed. I've proven that I can do it. Um, but for him, it's, it's way more. He's such an inspiration. We were with someone last night, and we were watching the movie, and she just burst into tears. And, she's, you know, she's a young gal and has had cancer. And it, it kind of watching what Werner can do, it gave her the will to to do this, to put it at the top of her list instead of the bottom. And if he can inspire people like that, then, you know, that's part of his mission. He serves as the model that you don't ever have to be too old. And the younger you start, the longer you can actually live because you're in a spirit of adventure. Well, Andrea, since we've had some Guinness World Book of Record people on our show, what we want to do, I think, after the show is actually put the link to the record and actually educate people of the seven summits, because I, I didn't know there was a summit in Antarctica, and uh, I, I certainly didn't know all of them anyway, so that would be good education. And I understand uh, Werner's secret sauce to making these climbs effortlessly is that he uh, spikes his, can, uh, his canteen with martinis. Is that, is that accurate? <laughs> no, I don't. He's not a martini drinker. He's, okay. he's not. No, he, he takes fantastic supplements. He drinks clean water. 
he exercises, he talks about sleep, he talks about visioning, all those things are important to him. And, and he has classes and courses and he teaches all that. So anyone who wants to connect with him, it would be wonderful to have that happen. And anyone who wants to come to Africa with us. Oh, by the way, Ken, I think that you're going to be doing the seven summits with him. Is that right? I, I volunteered I you to go. Well, one of the reasons I was going to go is because I had read in the fake news on Facebook that he did have martinis in the canteens, and so I was very <laughs> excited about that. Yeah, it was, it was that, fake news. It yeah, was yeah, fake, I, news, fake sure. news, but yeah, I, I thought think that maybe you know, be more inclined we'll, we'll to go. Do it. You go, I, I with tell you, I was suspect. I was Andre is going to come with me and work with the orphans. Okay. I don't know, though. <laughs> uh, he told me that uh, he could get me in physical shape for me to go up this mountain. So we'll see. Okay, well, I'm excited. You know what? If Werner and I fight over people, I have to admit it, as to who's going to stay with me and who's going to go with him. But I say if well, there's is it, anyone is it possible you that can, do both? can go with him, po- do it. Is yes, it possible to go both. to both, Heshi? Is what? Is it possible to do both, help the, help the oh, children yeah, and also yeah. climb the summit? We do, okay. Yeah, we do a safari first, and that's where people can get acclimatized, and then we have a day in between, and then, and Werner does leadership training as part of it, and I'll do some relationship training at some point, and then they go up the mountain, and when they come down, then that's when everybody stays on to work with the children. We've had a couple of doctors who've gone on. One doctor went with us last year, and when she got off the mountain, she said, this is the worst thing I've ever done, and it's the best thing I've ever done. And she was thrilled. She's actually moving to Africa now and taking her practice to Africa to work with the children. Wow. That's amazing. So how many people have you guys taken to, uh, I guess, knock out this bucket list, which I have certainly not done? I don't know. I don't know the exact number. I leave all the figures to Werner, but I know he's taken hundreds of people to the mountains. And those are all life. Those people have all had their lives changed after that. I'm sure it's that's a remarkable. They, they come off that mountain saying this was a life changing experience. I mean, totally. And actually, when he was on the mountain in December and January doing Kilimanjaro again, this is going to be a seventh trip. It, it, somehow there was like this thing running around the mountain. Werner Berger's on the mountain. Werner Berger's on the mountain. And people from all over were looking for him. And one young gal came up to him, and she's just an absolute doll. And she, you know, she just wanted to be with Werner. He gave her the inspiration to get as far as she got. She wasn't with our group. She just found him. And now she loves what we're doing. She loves working what I'm doing with the children and my water campaign. And she's going to be working with us. So you never can tell who you run into as long as you follow up. Well, I'm excited about this because I know when I first met Werner and yourself that you guys were doing some really big things, but it wasn't really showing up from a, a social media or social proof or marketing standpoint. So I know that you were, um, you were attracting people from the events and people learning kind of um, word of mouth. So I, we mm-hmm. now have, I think... Uh, I think Andrea told me earlier we had 97,000 engagement on our page. And, mm. we're, and and just to have that many people learn about the great things you're doing with the orphanages and also the, the great bucket list uh, challenge of going up one of these summits, I think is mm-hmm. going to be a, a phenomenal spike in the awareness of, of who you guys are and what you're up to and how other people can play. It's really awesome. And, Ken, you do know that now that you know we plan on your coming with us on all seven 
uh, mountains, you, you know, you just have to start planning. <clears throat> well, I hadn't told him that part yet, but thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Andrea, you're just going to say that you want to do it and you're going to go after it. I know you're going to work with Werner to, to get into shape. I mean, even people who are skinny minis get into shape somehow or another. So Werner just works with each person individually and he'll take it from there. What, what you need is what you get. Has Werner written a book? Pardon? Has Werner written a book? Has Werner written a book? He's writing now. He's done some DVDs. He's done some CDs. He's done tons of articles. And we've been after him. So maybe you're the one that's just going to, you know, say, all right, let's just get this done. Well, I'm thinking that with the right type of interviewing happening during in the documenting of the event... And then, uh, mm-hmm. obviously, interviewing talking about the past and his, the stories and the childhood. The amount of time that we're on this trip, uh, it could be a pretty sizable book. In fact, it would it'd be more work, actually, to crank it down so it's uh, you mm-hmm. know, a couple hundred pages. So I think that would be an exciting addition to this trip is that a book is launched. And I share that because I've known you guys for a couple of years. I don't recall if I've asked the question before, but what was missing for me is he's a Guinness World Book Record holder. He's a man who's achieved so much in his lifetime. He's an inspiration. I mean, he's, he's just a man. And I don't recall him ever saying, here's my book, or um, here's to learn more about uh, what is possible. Here's about leadership, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera. And I think that this book would be an all-encompassing message of living a great life and, and, being, and, and being able to uh, follow this, this in uh, the story. New York Times bestseller, Get in the Game. So we both have Absolutely. chapters in that book, which is kind of exciting. So that is a reference point where someone who wanted to go look them up right away could find that book. We both, are write, we both write on different topics. Yeah, and another cool part of it is to actually acknowledge maybe in the front of the book or the back of the book at the, uh, the index all the people that went on this journey with him because then he memorializes mm. all those people. So these are the kind of things that I think of and, and know that may leave the legacy. Like what he's done right now is creating mm-hmm. one, but he's not leaving one when you don't document it. You don't have something that you can leave afterwards mm-hmm. so people can continue the journey. And also with the orphanage. I mean, all the, all the kids, all the, uh, all the trips you've made, how many... Uh, kids you've affected, following them to find out what stories, because when you create leaders out of those kids, they actually take the, they take the baton and they, and they help you afterwards. Exactly. And I've, I've actually started interviewing some of the kids. I'm writing a book called Through the Eyes of the Children, and the first book will be called My Africa. Cool. So it'll be... It'll be do, you have, do you have a moment for Werner to actually get on? We just pulled over to the side. As long as he can put that martini down, I have no problem with him being on the air. We just don't like a lot of... Werner, you have to talking. put your martini down. Oh, no. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to put him on. Just a second. Hello. Hello, Werner. How are you? Good, Ken. How about you? Well, I'm so excited that you're going to be uh, doing a book this next time and that we're going to be a part of actually helping you create this legacy piece. <laughs> it's about time, right? I know. Well, it takes a little, it takes a little while for me to to jump in on the fun uh, climbing a mountain with you. So uh, the the outcome will be a book because we're going to tell the story. We're going to capture it uh, and print it, and then we're going to market it and inspire. Ah, uh, that's wonderful. I look. I really do look forward to being on the mountain with you, or you being on the mountain. Likewise, with me, or whichever way around it is. 
Well, <laughs> since you were kind enough to get on the line with us, and we do have uh, Dr. Bruder is going to be on pretty soon, but I wanted to ask you, how did you get this uh, crazy idea of going for this? Did you know it was a record, or were you, were you consciously going for this record, or was this just like you did one and then you said, why not do another, and then all of a sudden you realized you were heading for a record? I didn't consciously go after any record, actually. I just really wanted to climb, and um, it all came about because I trekked to Everest Base Camp with my son, and I was 55, 56 at the time, and it, it literally was a life-changing experience, and so many things just took a complete detour and just enlivened everything, and just one thing led to the next to the next, and I never thought that I'd really be on top of Mount Everest until the day came, and it was the only one left in the seven summits, and so, of course, I had to do it. No choice. Give an example of, give an example of that life-changing everything shifted or whatever. I personally believe that, um, and I personally experience that most people, um, when they are born, are authentically themselves, and then we start developing a mask. And then over a period of time, and again, this is part of my experience personally and also speaking with others, people don't remember who they really are. And a lot of people have this sense, I'm not good enough, which, of course, we also know about the imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. And when you're in that kind of an environment, you really, there's an opportunity to truly connect with yourself. And that's also what happens, by the way, in Burgess' um, workshop that we just were, uh, participated in. And when people connect with themselves and really get to see how magnificent this human being is. Some of the, the stuff, let me call it stuff, I won't use a C word, starts dropping away. And especially when you're in the company of other people, let's say on a Kilimanjaro climb, and people see others struggle, and they might not be struggling on that particular day, and they help somebody, or somebody helps them on a day where they might be struggling. It, it just leads to a connection between human beings that we don't get on an, on an average day-to-day. And my belief is that that connection leads to humility because people so often just stop and look around and say, oh my gosh, I have never really seen either the globe or this world or this environment or or." my surroundings or even the people in my life from this perspective. And with humility, I believe, again, it enhances an individual's empathy. And when you combine somebody really seeing themselves in their true light and being appreciative of what they can accomplish, that leads to a personal power. And when you combine personal power with empathy, that's a sign of a leader. And every single person is a leader in their own life, whether they're a husband, whether they are a wife, whether they're a, hu- a father or, or, or a neighbor or in the corporate world. It doesn't matter. We all influence each other. And if we can do this more consciously and more positively and really almost out of habit, everything changes. Oh, I can keep going on. You asked me a short question and I went off in a tangent. <laughs> Well, damn it, man, you need a book. I'm telling you, what you just shared is 
so inspirational and philosophical and it's it's just wisdom that needs to be taken from who you are saying it to, me, this audience, Andrea, Dr. Gruder, and you need to have this that anyone could read it, anyone could be inspired by it, anyone can learn from it. It's I mean, you are you are definitely a person that needs to have a bigger audience and your social media and you getting this, this word out is going to really make the impact I think you want in the world. Ah, thank you. Thank you for saying that because ultimately I think we all want to leave this planet knowing that we've made some kind of a difference. Agreed. Yeah. So Dr. thanks Buter, for the opportunity of talking about this. Um, I really, uh, yeah, I, I feel it when, when I talk about it. And that's I know you do. So wonderful. Dr. Okay, Gruder, are you joining us on the summit? Dr. Ashi. Is Dr. Gruder available? I'm here. Yes, he are you going to join us on the summit? <laughs> Pardon me? I didn't hear your question. Are you going to join us on the summit? Or are you going to go on this trip with Warner? Uh, it's going to be one of these times. I'm not exactly sure which time. It would be delightful to go on the next one, though. That's awesome. That's that would be the coolest thing if uh, you were able to make it at the same time. Because for two years, I've been wanting to go on this, this trek and to really experience what they've talked about. And, and also just to uh, have an impact that, and tell the story of these orphanages and, and how they're helping and how other people can help, too. So I, I know we're going to be going to, to break soon. So did you have any reflections based on what you heard the, uh, with Heshi and Warner that you want to well, share? Well, I think Warner said it very, very well. Each of us is a leader. We're a leader in our own lives, as he said. And each of us, whether we think of it or not, we do have impact. We do have influence in the spheres of influence that we walk inside of, in the parts of the world that that we interact with. And I just think that the, the work that Werner and Heshi are doing uh, is the kind of work that each of us would be really benefited by taking a look inside ourselves at what is our version of that. It doesn't have to be, and it wouldn't be their version of that. It's just got to be our version of that. And that's part of integrity. Totally. And if I, rem- if I recall, young man, you have a, a, a book or two under your belt, don't you? Oh, uh, just a few, Yes. <laughs> and am I right that Werner is the type of person? Obviously, yes, he's writing one too, but he, he has to have a book with the story he has. Yes, his story is, uh, is book-worthy and inspirational, and I think it has, uh, it's unfortunate that he doesn't have a book out yet. I'm glad that he is in chapters of, uh, of anthologies, uh, books that, are, that have multiple people in them. But it's time for Werner to have his own book. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. All right. So what we want to do is uh, have Heshi and uh, Werner, or at least Heshi say, how people can learn more about them, how they can connect with them. And then we'll go on the break early and come back and you can introduce Dr. Gruder. Heshi, are you there? I'm here, yes. How can people reach you and uh, connect and learn more about how they can join us on this trip? Okay, so if, if to join us on the trip, they go to Africa with Werner. <coughs> sorry, AfricaWithWerner.com. Um, I can give you our email addresses. 
to participate in working with the children, they actually could do the same thing, that they could connect with me. Go to my site, uh, kidsbetterworld.com. Um, reach me by email, Siegel at jetnettingconnection.com. I'm certainly available on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. I'm always there doing something. And um, I'd love to be able to get a chance to talk to people about the water campaign that I'm doing because that's huge and it's going to affect the entire world. Well, we will, we're going to have you on a, a second time, especially when we get closer to the trip, and we will okay. we'll go deep into that water conversation because it is so important and uh, the invention of what you have to offer is miraculous. So we will uh, yeah. we will get you back on another time, and I can't wait to be on the, the bucket list trip that I've always wanted to go on. So thank you for the invite. Fantastic. We will, well, we'll thank be back you for, for having us. And, and just one last thing on Burge. Anybody, just anyone in this world who lives and breathes can be part of what Burge does because she, her essence of being opens up the entire world for people and she is really just amazing. I totally agree. All right, we'll be back in a couple minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. Do you realize that the root of your challenges lie within you? It's time to find out more about coaching and how it can help both you and your business. Coaching for Real with Ronald Graves will help you gain a deeper level of self-awareness to find the answers inside yourself. Our guests are business professionals just like you who agree to a coaching session on our radio program. Tune into Coaching for Real live every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. If you are a small business owner or a creative freelancer in pretty much any field, you can't miss Let's Get Radical. Your hosts, Jody Paydar and Liz Gold, will help you redevelop your plans, policies, and practices to take a radical turn in order to achieve new success. They spotlight the latest in technology, attitudes, what others are doing, and what can help you. Tune in every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And let's get radical. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is Amplify. 
To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at umbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. Welcome back to the second segment. I'm sure everyone that was listening is already heading over to the website to sign up for the Africa trip to climb Kilimanjaro. That's, that's very exciting. We're going to have so many listeners join us on this bucket list trip. And we just found out from Dr. Gruder, who's going to be on for the remaining part of the show, that he is going to be on one of the trips, not necessarily this one, but he is, he is up for the game and the challenge. So I wanted to turn over to Andrea for a second and and sometimes I call her Andrea, too. So it depends on what mood I'm in. I wanted to have Andrea, Andrea, actually do the bio and share the amazing aspects of Dr. Gruder. Well, I'm really excited to talk about, about Dr. David Gruder. He's known as America's integrity expert since 2008. And uh, he was named that from uh, the media, from the radio and his television reports. So uh, what a wonderful honor of him and his career. Uh, he's had over 40 years in this career, which you can't tell by uh, listening to his wonderful energy. He sounds like he's only 40 now because he's so awesome. And he's founded or been a board member for numerous successful for-profits and non-profits. He's been featured in Forbes 17 times, and he's given literally hundreds of keynotes and training programs and media interviews in eight countries on three continents, and we're just going to have to get him on the other continents now that we have an in. And uh, so you might be asking, you know, like, why is Dr. Gruder's unusually broad expertise so enthusiastically sought by, you know, such a wide range of leaders and entrepreneurs and helping professionals? Well, you'll find the clues in his unusually diverse awards that he's received for his, his own uh, actions and his books. He's gotten awards regarding politics and society and social change, leadership, collaboration, facilitation, conscious business, psychology, health and wellness, and self-help. So needless to say, you are in for a real treat. Please uh, stand up wherever you are and give a standing ovation to Dr. David Gerter for joining us. I'm well, standing up, thank Dave. you for that. My goodness, I'm standing up. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that so, masked man? <laughs> so, Dr. Gruder, with all the run-ins you had with the law in your long crime record, what made you decide that you were going to go into the integrity world? <laughs> it was that really long incarceration in the state penitentiary, that federal <laughs> penitentiary, I should say, that, that really did it for me. <laughs> So what yeah, that's is your a funny story, thing. I've been a good boy too much of the time in my life. <laughs> yes, you have, but you know, you've had fun being a good boy because I have, I've known you for, I guess, three years through CEO Space at, at minimum, and I've met you at plenty of other events, and it's always not only wonderful to hang with you, but it, it's so cool to have conversations with you because you can, you can really go deep into a lot of different topics, and it's just fun speaking with you, and you're, you're a joy to, to have been. Any wine tasting, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true, and, and I've enjoyed our time together as well. You know, yeah, you've figured out by now that even though I really do address some pretty meaty and weighty topics, I also come from an attitude that it's all much too serious to be serious about at the same time. And tell us this, the story that caused the, the David Gruder that we know now? What, was it, what happened uh, when you were a child or in your uh, heading to college that caused you to pick this path? 
Oh, my gosh. You're, you're asking me to select among all of those stories that caused me to be who I am? Well, let's see. Maybe just the top 30. Just the top 30. Just the top 30. Okay. Uh, well, you know, as a child, one of, the, one of the events that happened in my life that really started to solidify my mission before I ever knew there was such a thing as a life mission, was when I was about six years old or so, and the family got a holiday card at the holidays, uh, during the holidays that year, and it was a UNICEF card, and the message on the card was, the greater peace will only come after the smaller peace we make with each other. And there, even at six years old, there was something about that message that went straight through to the essence of my being. And as you can see, I never forgot it. It, it just really impacted me. And then it got expanded on massively when, at the age of 15, my parents sent me to Woodstock. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course... Nobody knew what Woodstock was going to be ahead of time, so they had no idea what they were sending me to. And if they could have pulled me out of there, especially my father, he would have. But it was too late by the time they discovered on television what the event was that they had sent me to. <laughs> and that and really did changed see, did you see my worldview profoundly. Because did you see David? Yeah, I'm sorry. Did, did you see David Corbin there? Because he was at Woodstock too, if I recall, right? That is true. David Corbin was at Woodstock, as well as a couple of other people that I've met subsequently. But no, he and I did not meet each other when we were there. There were over half a million people there, so the odds were pretty low. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you never know because you guys are good friends now and you're at the space, so I just was wondering if you kept in touch. Yes, we are, and it was delightful when we both discovered that we had both been there without having met each other yet. (laughs) Okay, we'll continue. Oh, well, you know, that was part of the magic was was being in the middle of a half a million people who were learning while it was going on that the world's eyes were on us, that there uh, there was all kinds of network coverage of this event. And we all realized that we had an opportunity to show the world that it was possible for even a temporary community of a half a million people, to actually have each other's backs. And to be part of that experience at the age of 15 ended up giving me um, fuel and, uh, and life experience that took me a few decades to actually unpack and develop clarity around because actually it was at Woodstock that the seeds of my understanding about what integrity is were birthed. And then I'll, I'll add one other, uh, one other event briefly that was also very formative for me, which was that I was in the New York area when 9-11 happened. I was born and raised in New York, although I've lived in San Diego since 1975. And I was back in New York to help my mom uh, prepare for selling her house. She was still alive at that time when 9-11 occurred, and I was so deeply impacted by that set of events. And then when the foreign policy decisions came down uh, about how the um, American government was going to respond to the 9-11 attacks three weeks after the attacks, 
they were so contrary. That foreign policy decision was so contrary to what I experienced as being the sentiments of the vast majority of New Yorkers that something snapped in me. And I realized that I had been playing too small, that it was time for me to really step up my messages and my visibility and my impact to a world, uh, a world stage, a worldwide level. And it just turned out that a, a few years, a handful of years after 9-11, I was brought to the uh, world capital of uh, world government, which is Geneva, to train a group of ambassadors to the World Trade Organization in collaboration-based, integrity-based negotiation skills. And when you did that, what, what was the uh, result of that? Well, the result of that externally was next to nothing because the group of ambassadors that I trained really recognized how powerful and important and valuable what they were developing, the skills I was teaching them were, and they felt like they had no power to change the culture of the World Trade Organization from a coercion and compromise-based organization to a collaboration-based organization. Internally, however, it shifted something very important in me, which was I really got to experience firsthand and up close how world leaders have this incredibly disdainful, negative attitude about psychological principles and the, the principles of human nature, then they think that they can make decisions on behalf of their country, on behalf of citizens, on behalf of the planet, without any regard for human dynamics. And that is a big part of why we have such faulty leadership and faulty decision-making that are, is pervading the entire planet, not just our country these days. Yeah, your message of not, not just playing the game of integrity, but being integrity is it's, it's quite a sell that you have because there are so many people that get ahead by cutting corners and not being in integrity and actually not even caring about being in integrity. You're so right about that, Ken. I mean, the, the, the real challenge there is that one of the unspoken polarizations in our society right now, because the, the polarization that gets the, the press is the political polarization, but there's another polarization in our society where there's one group of people that insist that in order to be successful, in order to be, have power, in order to be prosperous, you have to be willing to give up or sacrifice personal integrity and social responsibility, whereas the other group insists that in order to maintain our personal integrity and social responsibility, we have to be willing to sacrifice our well-being and our, our personal, uh, our, not our personal integrity, but our, our, our wealth, our prosperity, our, our influence. And both groups are equally and oppositely insane. I, I totally agree, and uh, I guess I'm going to get a little political, which is not the nature of the show, so we can we can curb that as much as you'd like, but I would like to say that um, when I heard a quote by uh, Donald Trump that said, I'm not going to pay for a lawsuit that I've been found guilty of, because if I pay that, then I'm going to have to pay all of them. And when we're looking at a person who's constantly being, and, and forget about whether it's Donald Trump or not, if you're getting sued and you are getting in all this trouble, you're spending all this energy and there's no way you're, you're creating goodwill in the world 
which would cause people to, and yourself, to actually feel like you're connecting and building something together, like partnership. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, and uh, actually there are really delicious ways to talk about political things without getting political. And this is, this is a great situation to illustrate that, because what people can get really locked into is whether they're for President Trump or against President Trump. And President Trump is a, a symbol, he's a symptom of what has deteriorated in our society. And the wake-up call... And the blessing that I believe that, that uh, having Donald Trump as president offers all of us is the opportunity to open our eyes to the devastating impact of coercion and dysfunctional forms of competition and how the hyperpolarization that ideological rightness addiction has created in our society we're not going to solve that through greater polarization. We're not going to solve that through more opposition between these two political forces that are at war with each other right now. I learned that back in the 1960s because I was a teenager back then during the Vietnam War, and I was a post-partisan even back then, before the term post-partisan even existed because I saw the wisdom that was embedded underneath the perspectives of the people who opposed the war and the wisdom that was embedded underneath the perspectives of those who supported the war. And what frustrated me then is what frustrates me now, which is the unwillingness of people to recognize and acknowledge and honor and work with the wisdom that's underneath the perspectives that are held by those who have the opposite political orientation of their own. Would you, would you say or agree that a great barometer for a measurement tool for integrity would be love or unconditional love? Well, yes, but only in concept, because love, uh, love is abstract for many people. So the, the notion of, of anchoring integrity in terms of love makes massive sense philosophically. On another level, I consider that framework to be what I call true but not useful. Okay. I think that... So, mm-hmm. Go ahead. So I, I went through Landmark Education, and that is a, a certainly a big part of that, that foundation uh, that they teach is like... Uh, are you in integrity and when you're not in integrity, when you call yourself out of integrity and, and, get, and clean it up, as it were, that you're getting back towards integrity? Yes. Again, true but not useful. Because so tell us what would be useful. What we haven't defined is what integrity is. I, I usually don't do that in the show where we actually hit the topic until the second show, but we're going to go ahead and take a chance this time. And we're going to define integrity. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, integrity is, is not only being a person of our word, doing what we say we're going to do. That is a part of integrity. But integrity is really about our core human nature. And our core human nature revolves around three drives that all of us have as human beings, the drive to be who we truly are, 
which is authenticity, the drive to bond with others, which is the drive for connection, and the drive to influence the world around us, which is the drive for impact. Here's what most people don't realize about integrity, is that authenticity, connection, and impact, those three core drives, translate into the three dimensions of true authentic, uh, true integrity rather authenticity is self integrity integrity with ourselves connection is relationship integrity and impact is integrity with whatever collectives we are a part of collectives ranging everywhere from a couple or a family all the way into our service organizations and our religious organizations, to communities, to countries, to the planet itself. And now how would it be helpful for someone to take on integrity with that in mind? When my decision-making, great question, Ken. When my decision-making, when I'm faced with making a choice and I ask myself, what choice could I make in this situation? that enables me to, to express who I truly am, deepen my bond with others that are involved in the situation, and serve the highest good of whatever group or groups are involved in or impacted by this decision. When I actually dare to ask myself that question, then I start having a framework for making a choice about how to handle any given situation that is truly in integrity because I'm taking into account all three of those dimensions. Can you give us an example? Oh, yes, sure. Um, so I am, I am going to be heading off tomorrow, uh, no, tomorrow, uh, Thursday, in a couple of days after we're recording this interview, to be on the leader team for a nonprofit international organization called the Mankind Project. They're doing an event. And um, in order for me to really be able to serve on that leader team in a good way, I need to arrive on site for that event with a full cup. I need to be in integrity with myself by making sure that I'm not running on empty. I'm not running on fumes when I arrive there. So my self-care needs to actually be upped in order for me to do that. That's, that's a self-integrity piece. The relationship integrity piece is that I am responsible for collaborating effectively with all of the other people on the leader team for this event and for helping to ensure that the way that collaboration among the leader team is going on really is of maximum service to the event's success. And then that connects into the impact piece, which is about ensuring that everyone else who's staffing this event is in service to its purposes and is embodying their roles and their tasks in a way that serves the success of that event in serving the people that are attending it. So that's, uh, that's a real-life example. And what is that event you're going to? I'm uh, sorry, I didn't hear a question. The Mankind, the Mankind Project, is that what you said it was? Yes, Mankind Project is the name of that international nonprofit. And what is, what is that event like? What is, who started it? What's the mission of that? Oh, well, 
this organization was started in uh, the origins of it go back to the mid-1980s when a group of three men came together and basically said, you know, our relationship to masculinity is really screwed up as a society and what can we do to help elevate our own ways of showing up as men and help other men show up in more effective ways as well. And what that has led to is an organization called the Mankind Project that is all about helping to create a safer world by helping men step into full integrity with whatever their life mission happens to be and then to remove whatever blocks stand between them and living in integrity with their mission. Yeah, I was asking because uh, I had looked into it a little bit just uh, during the show, actually, and it was, they have 1.5 million followers just on Facebook, but the more important part is they have 220,000 people actually in a conversation about that topic. So how big is this event? Well, each of these events is re- relatively small, this particular event that the Mankind Project produces, among other events, is called the New Warrior Training Adventure. And what this is, is essentially, it makes up for what most of us men never had the opportunity to go through in technologically-based societies, which is initiation into healthy masculine adulthood. And the way that these weekends are designed is around a vehicle that's known for a long, long time in literature and in movies called the Hero's Journey. And the Hero's Journey is, uh, is something that is a structure for writing a novel or writing a screenplay such as uh, Lord of the Rings, such as Star Wars, uh, where you've got a hero who goes through a, a separation from their daily life and gets prepared to go into the unknown and then ends up having ordeals with their, that are going to transform their relationship with themselves and their relationship with the world. And after those ordeals, they return to their, their origins, their, their homeland, as it were, as a transformed person who is able to live their life in a more authentic, more connected, and more impactful way. That's the hero's journey. And these weekends, these new warrior training adventure weekends from the Mankind Project are facilitated journeys. They're not workshops. They're not lectures. They're experiences in which each man is able to take his own hero's journey through that process of separation, preparation or descent, and then ordeals, and then return so that he can come back more whole and complete as a man than he knew how to be when he first embarked on the journey. Well, I cannot believe this, but if you haven't checked the time, we have actually gone almost an hour, uh, and I wanted to ask so many more questions. So we may actually do a post-interview that we connect to this uh, show and this release, but how can people find out about you, get your book? Um, I'm guessing it's on Amazon. Tell us how people can reach out to you. Well, the best way to reach out to me and learn more about me is through my main website, which is drgruder.com. That's D-R-G-R-U-D-E-R.com. And you can learn about the resources I provide, and you can also contact me through that website. And uh, just as a, a simple... Uh, I guess, exit to this show, what can people do that would 
increase their uh, enjoyment of life with regard to integrity. Mm. To recognize that integrity is not a burden, it's a joy because when people live in full alignment with their authenticity, their desire to be connected with other people, and their desire to have positive influence in the world, they cannot help but be sustainably happy. Well, we normally have a round robin three minutes ago, and I was so engaged in this conversation, lost track of time. So, Andrea, you did it again. You created a phenomenal guest list and also uh, structure the show. The integrity of this show was fantastic. We just need more time to uh, go, go deeper. So, Andrea with the Red Carpet Connection, uh, the, our partner in Amplified Radio. Andrea, you're fantastic. Thank you so much for helping create this show. I think Thank she might you. be on mute. So. I, I'm on mute now. Thank you. <laughs> and Dr. Gruder, you have been amplified, and as far as I'm concerned, you've only been half amplified. We're going to go back another time, bring you back on the show, and, and go deeper into this conversation that we did not get to finish. Well, that sounds delicious, Ken. I'm always happy to spend time with you. Thank you very much. Have a great night. You too. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashad again next Tuesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, go get your message heard.